Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Friday, December 16th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of minus 3 degrees in Edmonton, minus 13 degrees in Saskatoon, and 4 degrees in Toronto. Nine more days until Christmas. Thank you, Evie. Good morning, everybody. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app live. Let's go download that app and you can listen to the show live and get your questions answered. There's a chat box. There's a call in button. Uh, It's free coaching every morning. So take full advantage of it before you go and lock yourself into some other super coaching program. Oh, oh, no, sorry. I'm supposed to start off the day really nice and calm and talk about colors. Uh, No, legit. I just like. You know, I see a lot of people, they're like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known about your podcast before I went and spent all this money on this thing and I didn't get my answers. So I, I want to make sure you guys, there's there's free options out there. So spread the word, tell your friends, there's, there's free options. Take advantage of the free options first, see how far you can get, and then make the decision on whether, you know, what courses and which education and which training and coaching and stuff that you need. Um, don't impulsively just buy it. I want you guys to make good decisions. Um, that's all. Now we can talk about fun things. We can talk about, um, what, what do you want to talk about today? You want to talk about, you want Christmas? <laughs> whatever you want. What do you mean whatever I want? <laughs> well, well, okay. Listeners, cause this is a live show. What do you guys want to talk about today? We filled our last vacancy yesterday. Last vacancy of 2022. I don't want to talk about that. Why? No, just joking. It went very well. That's good. Yeah. Uh, nice people? Very nice people. Um, didn't bring their kids, so I didn't get to meet their kids, which is probably good. It's never a good idea to have kids at a walkthrough inspection. Um, but yeah, they were absolutely lovely. Uh, Emily came along with me, helped me do the inspection, helped me shovel the walks. Um we had been um, hiring her and uh, Nathan to shovel that place while it was vacant, but we for like we just we explained the the front walk leading up to the house, the side, and then like the back area going to the garage, so that mm-hmm. when we had viewings, um, it was all nice and and shoveled. Um, but I totally forgot about the back garage pad. So, oh, that's my fault. I thought about it. I'm like, eh, we don't need to do that. Oh, really? I didn't even think about it. So how bad was it? It was like. I don't know, maybe like six or eight inches of snow, but because it had sat for so long, there was ice underneath. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, we, we didn't have an ice chipper, so we did the best that we could. Emily's a powerhouse, though. She had that little, like, she had a half ass blade on the end of her shovel, what was remaining, and she got most of it up. But yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was good. It was a good day, and it was a beautiful day. So it was actually nice to be out and about in some nice weather and 
Um, I don't get to leave the house very often anymore. So yeah. it's like driving around, had the tunes cranked. And I, I let her out of the house. Just yeah. <laughs> it's not that I tie her up or I, she's, a, she's hooked to a chain. Um, she does come <laughs> yeah. home and she's like, I, I'm allowed to leave the house. Yes. I left the house. I had a great day. I got sushi on the way home. It's I amazing. Did. Yeah. The last two times I've been up to that property, I've gotten maki maki on the way home. It's not even nearby. No, but <laughs> like, it's it's a seven-minute detour. <laughs> seven-minute detour. That's not bad to get my favorite food. I mean, at, you know, at a 45-minute drive, I suppose it's not that far out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anyone who would leave their house for seven minutes to go get sushi. I do. I would. If Maki Maki was seven minutes away from me, we'd have a problem. Okay, I suppose. I suppose that's... Yeah. In, in, a, in, a, in a world like today... You know, everything, you can just order it on your phone. Yeah, and if it was seven minutes away from my house, I would be able to DoorDash that shit. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh, you ever, oh man, I got a sneeze coming. and ugh, I don't think I've ever had to sneeze on the show. Mute yourself. Well, you don't know when it's coming. So I got to have like <laughs> my finger ready right on the mute button. Just like, oh God, this is terrible. Like this has happened before in like conversation where you're like, oh, just one second. I don't know when the sneeze is coming, but it might be coming. But on a show, you can't just go, Achoo. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm a little congested. So if you hear my voice change, that's why. Uh, hey, Gab. Yeah. Did I scare people away? There's like next to nobody here on the show this morning. That's true. Where is everybody? I mean, there's people here, but. Hmm. Uh, Glenn's got a question. It looks like he's about to write it out. Paul had a question as well. Um, if I, if you can recommend a wholesaling course, classroom, not online. Uh, hey, Paul. Um, Whoa, that was crazy. Right as he said, hey, Paul, Kyle sent um, a like hi thing, you know, like how you can send gifts. Oh. But it flashed hi, hi on my screen. Oh. <laughs> Hey, Anyways, Paul. sorry. Uh, Paul, ahead. I don't recommend any. I don't have any recommendations. And that's not because I don't know of any. It's just because I don't, there isn't any. Um, there's a couple wholesaling courses out there. I, um, I've heard bad reviews on them. Uh, definitely none in a classroom. So... Uh, like, well, Barry McGuire has a wholesaling course, but it's online. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to email Barry and say, yo, Barry, uh, you and I need to do a wholesaling course in person. How about that? <laughs> well, if there isn't one out there, I might as well make it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't, yeah, I don't know of any... Barry has the course, so like it wouldn't be very hard for us to put that on. See, I I can't, I I I don't like teaching stuff that I don't do on a regular basis. I I I make money wholesaling, but I don't have a wholesaling business. Mm -hmm. I make more money than most wholesalers do every year. Just, but that's just by like just doing my normal business. I find deals and I sell it to other people. Um, a great person to talk to in the meantime would be Matt Lachere. Is he here this morning? I haven't seen him. 
he might be, um, you know, he's not here. He's probably um, at work. But Matt Legere um, wholesales across the country. So is it New Brunswick? I want to say New Brunswick. New Brunswick. Um, Matt started wholesaling. Um, he lives in Calgary. He works at a town on rotation. He's wholesaling in Calgary. He's also wholesaling uh, in New Brunswick. He's got boots in the ground in New Brunswick, and he's got a marketing campaign there. Um, within his first couple months of wholesaling, he he knocked. He he did like oh, I can't remember how many deals it was. Just right out of the gate, uh, and made a bunch of money wholesaling remotely from Calgary in New Brunswick. So he'd be a great person to talk to. Um, there's there's very few people that I can say are doing wholesaling well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just my honesty. And you guys, I hope that you can appreciate that. Um, it's just not enough people have, I talk about resilience a lot, not enough people have the resilience for wholesaling. It's easy to get started. It's easy to go knock on doors and stuff like that, but it's a grind. So um, I would recommend, I'm not going to recommend some half-assed course to you. That's just going to waste more of your time and more of your money. I would recommend talking to Matt Legere. Um, I'm going to see if Matt would like to be involved in said course um, because he's doing really well. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully we can get something going here in the next four to six months. For sure. I mean, the content's already created. Like the, like the 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 booklets and pamphlets, like the, the brochures, not the brochures, the binders are already created. It's just a matter of putting on the event. Yeah. Um, I could teach a wholesaling course. I just don't like being the person that teaches a wholesaling course when he doesn't have a wholesaling business. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do that. I'll do that for you. For Paul. Let's try Paul underneath there. Uh, another great person to connect with would be Jared Como. Jared will, um, will give you his time as well. And he can give you a lot of great tips. Um, yeah, Jared and, and, and Matt Lachere would be, uh, would great, be great people to, to talk to. Um, where is Paul? Do you mind looking up on Facebook or maybe he can answer? <laughs> he is here. <laughs> well, I don't want to wait for his answer. Where is Paul? I, I feel like he's in Berta. Oh my goodness. Grand Prairie, he says. Grand Prairie. Are you even reading the comments? No. Jesus, you had me on a witch hunt. You weren't even paying attention. <laughs> uh, I was just looking for Glenn's question while we were waiting. Glenn was asking, what things should I be finalizing in a house before allowing my first tenants in it? Clarification? Yeah. Go a little like, deeper what do you on mean? that one. Yeah. What things should I be finalizing in a house before allowing my first tenants in it? Is this like a house that's under renovations, maybe? I thought he said my house. Maybe I misread it. Oh, a house before allowing me. I don't know. My. He did correct it to my. I read it right. That was intuitive. Uh, could it be his house, perhaps the house that he, lived in? he used to live in before in Ontario, before he moved here? But still, I don't know what he means to finalize what. Well, 
he's getting ready to rent it. Oh, you know what? He's like, screw this. I'm calling in. Good. And for the people on Facebook, they don't get to listen. <laughs> so they get to listen to a one-sided conversation. Good morning. Um, it's in regards to my Ontario house, for sure. I am. I listen to you guys five days out of ten on the way to work. So I hope my connection is good. Sounds great. All right, perfect. Um, I was told that you have to um, get an accountant to. <clears throat> assess your house financially before getting a tenant. I wasn't too aware of that. And I was wondering if there was anything else, like any other hidden secrets, because this is our first house. Um, the floor is almost done. The rooms are almost painted. And um, I've shipped a bunch of stuff when I went to Ontario a couple days ago to um, like a U-Haul bin place. And I'll figure out where I'm going to put it after, but it's it's pretty much almost ready to be on the market, and I'm already vetting a few tenants. So I'm just wondering if there's any last things, any hidden things that I may not know about what to do. Okay, that makes more sense. I didn't hear the first part of what he said, but you did. Yeah. Okay. So the, the main one was that he heard that um, about like getting your house appraised before turning it into a rental. So he's lived in it. It was his primary residence and now oh. he's going to be renting it out. So yeah, what you can do is you can get an appraisal to establish what your house is worth today so that any, any appreciation that your house has faced, especially if you're in Ontario. So, so this is probably really a, a big important tip. Right. Um, because you've probably faced some pretty good appreciation, is that you get it appraised, find out what market value is, and then um, any appreciation that you've faced while you were living in it won't be considered capital gains when you go to sell. Right. So yeah, establishing its value today is important uh, before you turn it into a rental. That was a really good tip that you received. Um, and then appreciation moving forward uh, from today until you sell it will be considered rental. Uh, yeah, as the rental will be considered capital gains. Um, I would. Uh, sorry. Well, I, I, I. You finish. You well, finish. so he's asking: Are there any more tips like that? Like anything else that he should know? Because had he not done that, he might have been. Oh snap! We just saved him a lot of money. Well, he, we didn't. Somebody else did. What? What do you mean? He, someone else? He did? received that tip already. So he's wondering if there's anything else. Who like, did you receive this tip from? I don't know. Somebody. It wasn't us. <laughs> it wasn't us. Oh. Um, I can't really. It was think. Uh, my realtor. Oh, okay, no. that's good. And yeah. you guys would... told me, you guys told me to make sure I get a good realtor, so I did, and make sure my realtor <laughs> got me a great property manager who's also a contractor. And I did that. And you guys, I remember, I don't remember which episode, but you said, pretend as if you're at your goal for what you are doing for your first one. So I'm like, you know what, Steph? We're going to do this. We're going to get a property manager. And who cares if we lose a little bit? Because this is for the seven, the five to seven that we want. Mm. And, she, and we got one. And this gentleman is my realtor's property manager for his properties. 
and now he's looking for other houses near his area, which we know in Ontario, which we weren't interested in until this connection, this network. And it is because of you guys. So I appreciate it. Okay. Aw, thank you, Glenn. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute him just so we can get the audio back. Uh, but I, I do have some additional things to add on to there. Okay. Um, what I wanted to also add on because you said you don't have anything else that you would think of. Um, Glenn was saying that he was showing it to a couple of prospective tenants, but the flooring's almost done and the paint is almost done. It is my belief, and this is just my opinion. Um, that you shouldn't show it to any tenants before it's done. And you you can, and you could say, oh yeah, this is this is going to be painted this color and the flooring is going to be this. Here, look in the box, you can see it. And yeah, we're going to fix that thing on the ceiling. And oh yeah, don't worry about that. I know that's leaking right now, but we'll fix that as well. It's just, it may work. They may be able to see past it, but... More often than not, tenants can't see past the renovations. Mm-hmm. And the the you're not gonna lose anything other than your time. You're gonna lose your time and and potentially paying someone to have to show this to people. Me personally, I like to show a nice clean finished product. We had this recently even with um one of our properties that we were selling. Um the realtor wanted to show it ahead of time to some some buyers and I said not a, no, not a chance. Do not show it. Do not show it to anyone until it's absolutely done mm-hmm. because they're just going to point stuff out. Oh, you're going to get that. You're going to get that. Oh, can you change this? No, 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 no. I'm not a builder. Who's like doing the finish, like where you can just choose the final colors, the finishing touches and stuff like that. I want the product to be done and that's it. And that's what it is. And I don't want them questioning anything. Um, if they see some drywall open, I don't want them to be like, oh, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Like, I want them to see the finished product. And so that's that goes to this, the same thing for rental properties first as well. First impressions. It's the first impression. And like I said, the worst case scenario is they don't rent it. And all you have to lose is time. But Why do you think builders have show homes? They're not oh, going to be like, hey, we have a whole bunch of lots. This one's, you know, in... Uh, pouring concrete stage this one's in you know it's framed and this one's you know we're starting to put it together come check them out no Mm -hmm. use your imagination we'll pick we'll pick what floors you want we'll pick no they have show homes so you can go and say this is what it's going to look like yeah i wouldn't be too worried about you know trying to show it early and getting it lined up yeah anyways but he says that that the few people are actually nurses from um hospitals that they've worked in so nice yeah those are great prospects um i i love um that they listened to the the Glenn and staff listened to the the whole perspective thing, yeah. um, and and starting your investment business or your your rental business as if you're five to seven years from now or five to seven properties from now. So they hired the property manager, even though the cash flow didn't support it. They hired the property manager because they knew that let's get this stuff all ironed out and build a system so that when I get to my fourth and fifth property, it's not like, oh crap, I'm too busy now. Now I need a property manager. Now you need to implement all those new systems onto four or five properties. No, start with one, get the bookkeeper, right? Get the property manager, get everything all lined up. So you get build, you build your business from the first property and the second property is just, you know, just it, you implement the same system, the third property, fourth property, fifth property. Cause when you get to the fourth, fifth property, sixth property, when you start getting really busy, 
then you can focus on getting the next property as opposed as opposed to focusing on turning around looking and then try to figure out how to fix the mess that you made in the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I love that they did that. I love that they listened to that because a lot of people don't. Yeah, they don't, and uh, we didn't. Yeah, and you know that's this is solid advice. You know that you can get from someone who's ahead of you. Yeah, set and, yourself up for success. And which a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. So that makes me happy to hear. I feel like we could have grown even beyond the growth that we've had, um, had we had better systems in place from the start. Not necessarily property management. I wouldn't say that property management takes a lot of time away from us, but we're, we're here, we're in the city, we're managing our properties. It's not like we're trying to do it out of province or mm-hmm. anything. So it's not that, but I think that like, had we had a bookkeeper, um, you know, preparing our taxes, sending them to the accountant, um, had we had, you, you know, like a lot of those systems in place that didn't bog me down and cause chaos in, in the management side of, of my time, I feel like I could have been better equipped to support you in the growth of the company. Mm. So there you go. Coming from, you know, I, I'd consider us, uh, you know, uh, humbly very successful. And I think that we could have been far more successful had somebody given us this advice when mm-hmm. we started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Glenn was saying here, uh, did Glenn have a question? I can't find it now. Somewhere at the bottom. Um, Let's do a quick little commercial breakaway fund in that and then uh, we'll get to his question. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. And we are back. Yeah. Um, Glenn just said, oh, you guys are, sorry. <laughs> he says, oh, you guys are in trouble when we join your mentorship because we are studying your podcasts. I'm taking courses, so when I join up, I will have deep-rooted, strong questions. Don't take too many courses and and get to a point where oh, this is, this, and this is something that I hate, um, when people join the pro uh the the people join the mentorship program or just just coaching in general but like they come into it and they're like okay so here's what i've got i've got this property i've got this property i got this property now i want to get over here and those are tough conversations to have when you're like okay well the best approach for you is to sell two of those three properties whoa whoa whoa, whoa. i don't want to sell those two properties you know, I already have those. It was really hard for me to get them. You know what I mean? It's kind of similar to like to like the person who has a really good job. And you're like, I think the best approach for you is to get quit your job and go take another job mm-hmm. so that it's less doesn't take so much time out of your day. Whoa, I worked eight years to get this degree mm-hmm. and to get to, you know, get to this point in my career. Yeah, but in five years from now, you're telling me you don't want to be in this job. Mm-hmm. So what difference does it make if you quit today or quit five years from now? I say you quit today and go get a job at a convenience store, or get a job doing Ubering, 
You know what I mean? Or DoorDash or something along those lines. Because it makes more sense because you have more flexible hours in order to get to the point where you can be a 100% real estate investor in five years. But you'd rather drag it out and work at this job for the next five years where you don't have the time. So it's, it's kind of hard when people kind of come in with these pre-existing beliefs. Um, so don't take too many courses because a lot of them are like, ugh, I can go on a rant. I don't want to go on a rant. It's almost Christmas. <laughs> normally there's strings attached most of these courses like it's very rare i've only i've only taken i keep talking about barry and donna mcguire but like they're the only people that have actually put on courses where there's no you know run to the back of the room or no like you know um follow up what do you call it um i don't know what you're trying to say <laughs> it's like you know you take a 20 dollar course but then they want you to take the 100 dollar weekend course and then the 4000 dollar course and then they want you to you know Join it's it's a yeah. it's a funnel into like a large program and Barry and Don are the only ones that don't do that yeah so those that, the only courses i've been to where there's no like run to the back of the room or like hey try our next course or whichever else um there's no sales pitch at the end. Mm -hmm. So most of these courses, they have some sort of sort of a sales pitch where it's like a you know quick free webinar, then it's a $20 thing, and then it's a $100 thing. And Come then to our weekend, but then buy into our program. You know yeah. what I mean? So just be careful. Um, and don't worry about deep-rooted conversations, like questions. What Honestly, starting from scratch is your best case, mm -hmm. is your best scenario. Um, it's so much easier for us to help you when you start from scratch because you can focus on the things that are most important and that's your goals as opposed to trying to get your goals with my pre-existing portfolio or my pre-existing beliefs or my pre-existing, you know what I mean? This is what I want to do. Help me do it. Well, no, it's like the less resistance and impedances that we have between today and your end goal, the easier it is. So yeah. that's not me trying to pressure you to join today, but it would make a lot more sense. <laughs> he also added, I'm, al I'm also only taking the courses you suggested. First one is the landlord tenant and then the joint ventures course. Nice. Yeah. Uh, joint ventures. Which one's that? Uh, hopefully Barry McGuire, which is included in the mentorship program. Yeah. Uh, no, his joint venture course is um, actually exclusive to ours now. Oh, yeah. So, he, so the joint venture um, workshop, or sorry, the home study kit that Barry has, um, we have exclusivity to it, so it's not sold online. Um, it's only you can only access it through going going through the master's mentorship program, um, which is pretty cool. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're the only other one that I know of would be pretty expensive. Hopefully, he's not doing that one. Um, Jeremy had a question here. If I scroll back, yeah. Do, 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 do. Okay, Jeremy says, might be a lawyer question. In a partnership, what kind of contingency plans should people have in place in case they become incapacitated? That's a great question. Um, most joint venture agreements have clauses, standard joint venture agreements have clauses like this mm -hmm. in the event that someone um, is no longer dies or is no longer able, able to, to fulfill, fulfill their, um, their responsibilities. Uh, normally there'd be a clause in, in place. Um, I mean, in a situation like if someone was partnered with Gabby and I, you know, and I was, I don't know, hit by a bus or something. Um, if Gabby could continue to, to manage the responsibilities of it, then it would just, it would endure that way. Right. <clears throat> However, if, you know, Gabby was 
unable to do something like that, there would have to be a, um, a clause in place that would allow either the other partner to buy Gabby out or whoever inherits, you know, whoever the, um, uh, whoever the beneficiary is of that joint venture agreement, whoever inherits it, um, they could buy Gabby out at a certain, and then it would state all of the, um, the stipulations of that or the, everything involved with that. Um, another option would be that, I mean, you can put whatever you want in there. You could say that if, if you were capable, the other partner, the, the passive partner or the money partner, if the money partner was capable, they could take over the responsibilities of it. Um, it could say that a property manager, um, would, would be responsible, would take over at the cost of whoever inherits the working partner side. You know what I mean? Like you could, the lastly, the, what you can do if you feel like this is a probable outcome is um, both parties can actually take insurance policies out on each other um, in order to cover that. Did you have something to add? Yeah, I just like we have a um, we had a, a personalized uh, joint venture agreement made up for us. We paid um, a lawyer uh, for his time to do this specifically for us. It's, you know, a standard joint venture contract, but um, just kind of like personalized to some specifics for us. And it's 32 pages. So yeah. if you have a joint venture partner approaching you and they have a. I don't know, five or 10 page joint venture um, for like, uh, say this is a long-term buy and hold, um, you might want to run because they may not know what they're doing. <laughs> um, if it's like a flip, they can be quite a bit shorter. But this, this in-depth is what protects everybody. This 32-page document is what protects everybody in every sort of situation. Mm -hmm. And so in our joint venture, we uh, are sorry, in our... Um, joint venture agreement, we have um, a section that is sale in the event of death or incapacity. And it goes over um, insurance, it goes over death or incapacity, and it goes over the uh, pricing of the property if somebody were to die. So it goes in depth into these sections. And like Wayne said, you can have um, insurance on each other, you can. Um, uh, so it like it specifies that Everybody's acknowledging that there isn't, you know, insurance on the mortgage itself um, and that everybody's responsible to hold their own life insurance. Plus, if you want, if if it's up to you, if you were to hold insurance on the other person, mm -hmm. should something happen. And then it also goes over that in the event of, of death or incapacity, um, that the spouse, the spouse or heir may continue to hold their interest in the property or can sell it in accordance with the other sections of the joint venture that state, um, you know, the different ways that you can sell your interest in the property. Right. So if somebody dies, they can either take it on or they can refer to these other sections in selling their interest. Gotcha. And then it also goes um, over how it would be priced. Um, so at the point, if, um, if, there, if somebody did die, they need to establish, you guys need to establish at that point what the value of the property is. Mm -hmm. um, and so it goes over the different ways that, um, you know, you would, there would be a qualified arbitrator appointed and like all those types of things. So this in-depthness, I don't know if that's a word, but I like it. This sure. in-depthness is what your joint venture agreement needs to be. Mm -hmm. So hire a lawyer 
who knows what they're doing <laughs> to put something together like this for you. It not only shows your joint venture partners that you mean business, you want to protect everybody. Yeah. And that like, should anything happen of any sort, should somebody not fulfill their obligations? Should somebody die? Should somebody, you know, be trying to screw the other person over? You're all protected. Yeah. You, there's nothing missing in here. Yeah. I, um, Unfortunately, you know, you know, we have our mentorship program as well. Uh, people book one-off coaching calls with me. And I'd say I've had at least 20 people co uh, book coaching calls in the past three or four years um, where they've had issues with their joint venture partners. Mm -hmm. And they say they want to get out, but they just really don't understand what their options are. And we'll go dive into their joint venture agreement for an hour. And I have never been satisfied with the joint venture agreements that I've seen. Yeah. Oh, there's so, there's so many versions. It's yeah. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even dignify it with calling it a version. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many things that are missing and people get taken advantage of when you're doing a joint venture. Um, here's, 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 here's my advice for today. When you're doing a joint venture, get independent legal advice. Okay, do not just sign the joint venture agreement. Go and take it to a lawyer and have them review it for 400 bucks. Okay? Doesn't take very long. They walk through it really quickly. So they'll send it to them by email. They'll quickly, you know, skim through it and then they'll they'll either, you know, get on a phone call with you or or they'll email you back and say, "Hey, uh, here's here's we've redlined a bunch of stuff here. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about this?" Or they'll ask you questions about like what happens in the event that someone wants to die? What is the process? It doesn't it doesn't outline it here. What happens in the event that you're not able to sell the property? You know, who's responsible for this? Who's responsible for this? What about additional uh, contributions? Who's responsible? It's not very clear on here. All these things that they need to be very crystal clear in your joint venture agreements. So if you're doing a joint venture, um, go pay 400 bucks, go hire a lawyer who can who is experienced in it. And ask them to review it and get a cert get it get independent legal advice. Um, do we send all of our joint venture partners for independent legal advice? No, but it's their responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that everybody understands. If you don't understand it, or you don't feel comfortable, but I send it to a lawyer, right? That's everybody's right before they sign. Mm -hmm. But I swear, like the 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 twenty or so times that I've looked at you know the joint venture agreements, I'm like, ugh. Where's this? Yeah. Where is this? It's not even in here. Yeah. So what it does is it open it leaves it up for it leaves it open for interpretation. Which ugh, I mean the whole purpose of a joint venture agreement is to protect someone in the event that they don't do what they're supposed to do. And if it's not outlined there what happens when someone doesn't do what they're supposed to do, uh, how do you protect yourself? So you have to take it to court and it's open for interpretation at the, you know, the judge's discretion. Yeah. Or two lawyers just like butting heads trying to figure out, well, you know, this is, you know, the precedence is here, the precedence is there, you know what I mean? And this is the standard for the industry. Like it, that doesn't help. But if it was clear and outlined, then there wouldn't be any issues. It would say right there, hey, if you don't do this, this happens. Boom, that's the whole reason for the contract. Otherwise, why don't you guys just spit on your hands and handshake? Yeah, so I, I mentioned earlier that like, you know, our flip joint venture agreements are usually a bit shorter, but like even those are 15 pages. Yeah. 
And those have the death and incapacitation, incapacity uh, clauses in them as well, as well as the insurance clauses and those types of things. So yeah, like I said, your your joint venture agreement shouldn't just be some simple little thing stating, Yahoo, we're buying a property together. Yeah. Like it should be in depth and cover these Don't topics. Print it off of lawdepot.ca. Hey, Law Depot is great for a lot of things. Not for joint venture Not agreements. Not for joint venture agreements. We've we've used uh we've adapted a lot of their forms though. When we got started, we used we pulled like um promissory le- leases, promissory notes, um, those types of things, and then really like modified them to what we wanted them to be. But they're great starting points. Um if you don't have access to anything else. But that like uh, the um, a lot of these joint venture agreements are also part of um, Barry Maguire's joint venture courses and stuff. So, yeah. you know, our our mentees have full access to all these documents and isn't they are thorough and fantastic. Isn't there like six different versions? Yeah, there's so like many the different basic, versions. The advanced, the yeah. really super complicated. The easy read. The, the easy read. Yeah. Um, they have different versions of it. Actually, Cody, um, Cody Kelly posted a, uh, a picture of him in his vehicle. So he's working his ass off at his flip. And he had to take a break to do a, a networking call. And simultaneously, I think he was working on a joint venture agreement on his laptop. And so Donna McGuire, like, I think she like zoomed in, zoomed in on the picture. Hey, and she's like, Hey, I recognize that joint venture agreement. Cause <laughs> yeah, you know, she helped make it. So yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're going to get it, get it from a lawyer, get it yeah. from a lawyer who teaches it. Yeah, and if you guys are wondering why we talk about Barry Maguire and Donna Maguire so much, it's just because they're really, really great people, and they put out good stuff. Yeah, all of like everything we know, all the courses that we took, the ones that mattered, was was all them. Everything we know, we learned from them. Yeah, and I hope that means something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Also, just I don't, because I don't think I'm, I made it uh, clear, but also like if so, it is a really good idea. I mean, like, do we do it? But it is a really good idea to have life insurance on um, on your joint venture partners, because mm-hmm. in the case where they did die and nobody was wanting to take over the role, you can actually um, have the property properly appraised, send it into the whatever it is, the arbitrator and stuff who's ever dealing with it. But you can use the life insurance payout to purchase their interests and then own full ownership of the property. Mm. So that could be, you know, your saving grace of just being able to take over full management of the property yeah. and using those proceeds, um, you know, from the life insurance to buy out that interest. That's and a- you never know, like the, you know, if if Wayne died and I was and I was like, I, I don't know what this partnership is, and what's the, what are you doing with this person? And I don't want to, I don't want to hold interest in this property that you know such and such. Mm-hmm. I might be happy to have his interest bite out. You know what I mean? Right. You just you never know where that other person is at. Um, are they educated at all, or are they just like I just lost my husband, and I don't want to have to be dealing with this? Please, yeah, buy me out. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know what I love that if I did die, you would one hundred percent be able to run this business by yourself. I would. I would. You know what? I. I. Um. That, that just that just me me as a man as a husband just knows that I did a, a decent job. I built something yeah. really good. I did my job, and you you're set. Yeah. And I know that you you don't care for that very much, and I know that 
you said on multiple occasions that you would probably just sell it for pennies on the dollar and go move to the mountains. Um, <laughs> but as a husband uh, and a father, I know that I at least set my family up for success. And that makes yeah. me feel really good. Now, whatever you do afterwards, I'll be dead. Just don't tell me before I die. Yeah. Well, you know, and I used to say those things a lot out of fear. And it was before I had really gained my confidence and, um, you know, realizing that I wasn't just the person behind the books, that I had more to offer and I had more knowledge than I realized. Mm -hmm. So it was really, I was saying those things before I, you know, gained that personal confidence in myself. And speaking of Barry and Donna, I had a really amazing conversation with Donna um, about this exact thing. And I can't remember where it started or where it stemmed from, but I told her that, um, you know, if you died, that I don't think I could do this, that like, I don't think I, I'd have it in me. And I, it would be so overwhelming to have to deal with, you know, everything that we have and that's, we have going on and stuff. And she said, but Gabby, like, you have a community to come in and support you and lift you up and help you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy shit, like, do I ever? I have probably the most amazing community. Um, I, I'll, I'll say, you know, probably a better community than anybody out there. Yeah. That 100% would step in and help me. And, and it was in that moment that I was like, holy shit, Donna, like, thank you. Mm -hmm. I would have the capacity to figure it all out and, and move forward. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, and Wayne, I would not run you over with a bus as Garrett is. Suggesting. Garrett seems to think that you're going to be the one I'm orchestrating be, this. Yeah. And that I'm going to be in jail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It'd be pretty hard to get access to all the, the properties and stuff like that. Oh, I thought you were going to say a bus. <laughs> It'd be pretty hard to get access to a bus. <laughs> well, remind me not to do any fix and flip bus tours next year. Yeah. <laughs> if you see Gabby in the driver's seat <laughs> when you come out of the house, run. <laughs> Gabby, can you, uh, Wayne, can you go pick up that clipboard I left on the road? <laughs> meet, meet. I don't have my, oh, I wish I had my school bus, um, magic sound school clip. bus sound effect. Oh, <laughs> I missed out. Oh, wait. No, that's not the right beep. <laughs> Dang it. I thought I had it. Oh, well. Um, there was a couple things I wanted to add on about joint ventures. Uh, so we talked, Oh, so you were talking earlier about, um, insurance policies. Um, and it might be the right decision. So more often than not, it's the passive partner that gets the insurance yeah. on the working partner, because in the, in the event that the working partner dies, uh, the passive partner doesn't have the, well, more often than not, they don't have the time experience or, uh, knowledge to, to do those, to, to do that role. So it makes more sense for a passive partner to get the insurance policy because then they can get, you know, get the insurance claim or um, whatever the money, use that to sell the property and it covers, you know, um, liquidation and any mm -hmm. losses from the sale, right? Because if you sell a, a property uh, at a, you know, at a time, it doesn't make sense, i.e. in the middle of a fixed mortgage term where you're going to get hit with penalties or while the property is down, or maybe you just bought it two years ago and you got to pay realtor fees. Like you're probably going to lose all the equity that you've built up in that property and some if you sell it at an improper time, mm -hmm. right? 
So the insurance policy would be able to cover that and ensure that the other party, the the deceased party, their beneficiaries get what is owed to them as well, the equity that they brought to it. Mm -hmm. So, however, you know, if you are a working partner, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of look at that kind of weird. Like if you're the working partner, you could continue to, to do it, but then you could continue to manage it. But I suppose if the passive partner was the one carrying the financing, that would put you in a situation where, you know, what happens when the mortgage term comes up uh, and it needs to be renewed, you may have to sell that property or refinance that property um, and put the financing into your name and pay out the beneficiaries of the other um, of the other parties. So yeah, there's, there's a lot to consider. Um, I think insurance is probably the best bet to make sure that you cover that. Um, I don't want to scare or discourage people today. Um, this, these, these is one of those questions that like, um, everyone's like, Oh yeah, I should definitely shouldn't do it. I should get insurance on everybody else. I mean, does every, does every investor get insurance on their other partner? No, no, like less than 1%. And I think that's being generous. Um, so a lot of questions like this and answers like this, what it ends up doing is, is it kind of paralyzes new investors. We, we add all this in to, to, you know, for you to consider it, you make the decision on whether it's worth the risk or not. Um, you know, we, we answered the question, you know, if that's something that's preventing you from moving forward, then please take the action with that in mind. Otherwise, you know, try not to get, you know, weighed down by all these what ifs and what ifs and what ifs and what ifs, especially in a joint venture agreement. Mm. Um, we had a very large conversation, a long conversation on our master's coaching call last night about private lending and the legalities of that. And when can you borrow money? When can you not borrow money? When can you take investments and when can you not take investments? What's the legalities behind it? And, um, I know that that, that, that paralyzes people as well. Thankfully we were able to clear that up. So, um, There was yeah. a little bit of confusion before we got to the it, root of it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, it depends. It depends. Like yeah. we, I was saying, like, you know, you got to give me a specific scenario of yeah. what, what are you using it for? Where's the money coming from? What's the relationship with them? Mm-hmm. Um, is it complicated? It depends yeah. answer. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be different for every different um, scenario. But don't let this stuff paralyze you because this is what happens, right? The people who are thinking about investing, they get paralyzed by this kind of stuff. Well, they call it analysis paralysis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be the guy that says it, but I'll say it. Just buy a fucking property. Yeah. Just buy a property and figure it out. And I know that's terrible advice, but what you're going to find, and this is another thing we talked about last night, um, because I don't know if you guys, like, if you're in our free Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group, I don't know if you guys are noticing, like, the mentees that are part of the program are like dominating right now. Like you're probably seeing a lot of people buying properties and doing all this. And, and it's, it's almost infectious. Like it's spreading like a virus, um, a really good virus in, uh, (laughs) within the community and within our, our group. And it's just because, and I explained this last night, sometimes, um, it's, it's really scary at first. 
and you're like, I don't know, it's just what happens if this and what happens if my partner dies? What happens if the security commission comes after me because, you know, I'm not best friends with this person. I'm only kind of friends, associates with them. And I don't want to be, you know, I don't want the securities commission coming after me for like doing this and that. And, and I, I don't know what happens if I can't sell this property by March. It's going to mean that I lose money and all these other little things, these things that get in people's heads. And so they're always like super afraid to do that first property. And then they buy that first property and then they realize, oh, wow. This wasn't all that bad at all. This isn't scary. This, this is isn't fun. scary. It's <laughs> kind of like the monster underneath your bed. Like, oh, is there a monster underneath your bed? And then you go and you look and you look underneath the bed. There's no monster. Like, oh, okay. Well, there clearly isn't a monster. And once you do that deal, and like I explained it last night, it's like, oh, no, no, I don't know. I don't know. And then as soon as you get that one, it's like you go and buy 10 more immediately afterwards mm -hmm. because you know, because you have that certainty and that assurance that I can do this now. It's the fear of doing it that prevents you from doing the first one. Once you've done it and you can, and you realize that it's, there's nothing underneath the bed, there's nothing hiding in the closet. There's nothing that's going to grab you. And you know, for certain that you're safe. Suddenly everyone's like, they order 10 or 20 more and then they build a business out of it. So you'll see people that are like sitting on the, you know, the fence there for years. And then when they finally buy one, it's like, now they're rock stars and well, they're like, oh my god you're killing it yeah. and it's just because they got that assurance well yeah and it's fam it's familiarity and it's understanding that um that ab abolishes the fear mm -hmm. that makes it go away and so but the only way to step past the fear is to actually do and that's what it's applicable in anything in literally anything you cannot <clears throat> get over a fear without going through an experience mm -hmm. And so if you're wanting something, if you really want something, but you're just scared, scared of failure, scared of the consequences of it, scared of things that might happen if you do it, um, the only way to actually, you know, obtain that goal or obtain that, you know, desire of accomplishing something is to step, step over the line, take the step and see what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. And once you gain that familiarity of like, okay, I just bought my first property, that lawyer stuff, like going in to sign those documents wasn't actually a big deal. I was so scared to go into a lawyer's office. I was so scared to get that mortgage approval. Yeah, it was a hustle. It was a grind. I had to submit, you know, my, my firstborn's blood sample and, and <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's getting a little over the top these days. <laughs> for what they require from you. Yeah. But I got through it and it wasn't actually that big of a deal. And oh my God, but now I need to tenant it. Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Okay, I did my first viewings and it wasn't that bad. These mm -hmm. people are nice. They're being nice to me. They want to rent my property. It's not like they're coming in and being assholes. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think I found somebody. How do I properly screen them? Okay, I just need to go through this and this and this. Okay, that wasn't so bad. These, these guys actually look really good. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to sign the... the lease and then you get them in and you're like oh my god the stove broke the stove isn't working they don't have a stove yeah. oh this person just referred this appliance repair guy okay that was easy it was only a hundred dollar little thing that they had to fix yes cool it's you need to take all the steps you need to experience all the things to gain the familiarity that puts your fear at ease and then once you realize that all of it is not a big deal then it's like holy man there's this whole new world open to you where you get to create this dream life for yourself, but you have to step over the line or else you'll always be scared. You'll always be full of anxiety. And that was me for so long. I was filled with so much anxiety. Mm. 
every time we got a tenant email, every time anything, like I was just paralyzed. But through each experience that I faced, it became easier and easier and the anxiety went down and down and down and down. And now I'm carefree. Nothing can bother me. <laughs> I love it. Until, until a situation comes up in a different realm that we haven't experienced before. So I'm curious, Gabby, what scares you right now? <laughs> Not a lot. I don't know. Um, what, what could I do that would scare you? <laughs> is this going to be your 2023 goal? <laughs> well, that's where the growth is, right? Yeah, 100%. I, uh, I, it helps me. It, well, your lack of anxiety and your comfort with our business helps me um, with my ability to delegate. Right. So for a very long time in the beginning, I had a hard time delegating stuff to you um, because I was afraid that you weren't going to be able to handle it properly. Um, so for the first two to three years, um, every email that Gabby sent while I was at work, I would go into the sent folder and I would read it after she sent it. And then he would call me and say, you should have said this, this, this and this. Why did you say it like that? <laughs> right. And that was just terrible, terrible for productivity. Um terrible for my sanity, terrible for our relationship. Um, but when I saw that Gabby was handling it well, and I, and, and I, I was able to trust her because she had that assurance, I think it was the fact that your lack of confidence was bothering me. Mm -hmm. See, I had confidence. Mm -hmm. No offense. No, I, I had zero. She had zero confidence. So like when I, I didn't feel comfortable passing things off to her because for two reasons. One, I didn't feel like she was writing the email in the most effective manner because she was trying to um, be, nice. be nice and dodge <laughs> confrontation. Yeah. And also it, it frustrated me because you're, even though you were doing it, I knew that you deep down were really bothered by it and it was affecting you. Mm -hmm. And I knew that you weren't happy or fulfilled. And that's hard for me, who's trying to, as a man, create a fulfilled life, <laughs> give you a fulfilled and happy life. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love the, 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 the internet memes or whatever, or the videos where, you know, the woman's talking about stress and anxiety and the man comes along and says, just don't worry about it. <laughs> those are my favorite videos on the internet right now. I haven't seen those, but that's oh, I'll, I'll start sharing them to you so that we, because now they're littered in my in my. Feed. Oh, I'm sure I'll get one as soon as um, I open up. It's my like phone. the woman that's like dancing and she's talking about like you know, um, you know, post baby stress and and all the hormones and stuff like that. And she's like, "Thank God I got my husband, you know, who comes along." And it's like it's like a, a video of like the husband like rowing in a boat. Um, you know, t paddling in a boat towards the wife to tell her to not to worry about it <laughs> <laughs> or just don't think about it because <laughs> that's the way the dudes think. <laughs> just relax. Just relax. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, thank you, honey. Yeah. I never really thought about it that way. <laughs> um, but that, you know, that was frustrating for me because I'm like, okay, well, why is this bothering you so much? Mm -hmm. And it was hard for me to trust you because I was worried that like, you know, if you Okay, just here's a dude talking for a second. Just please don't take this the wrong way. But like, if you can't handle this, and like, how do I, how can I trust you to do this? Like, mm -hmm. during that time, there was big growth for us. Mm -hmm. That was, we were, we were going against the grain mm -hmm. for what we've, you know, what we were doing before. 
and we look back on it now and it's like nothing it's like oh my god that we was laugh. easy yeah we laugh but like you know there was a lot of growth in those in those those times and it's frustrating to me i'm like what is so hard about making the phone call why are you emailing why are you texting just call them you know what i mean it's not that hard don't be afraid don't worry about it and um but anyways what i was getting at was uh, you know it 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 makes it significantly easier for me now that you're in a place where you are comfortable and it doesn't make you anxious. Um, but as Gabby said, you know, in order to get to this point, and if some of you guys are worried about this, either for yourself or your partner, um, which, whichever, you know, the only, as Gabby said, the only way to really truly get to that point where, you know, you're not scared of it anymore is, is to just face it mm-hmm. and just do it. Barry and Donna call it your first damn deal. You know what I mean? Like when you're talking about doing your first wholesaling deal or your first getting your first joint venture partner or buying your first property or your first rent to own or your first agreement for sale deal. It's always hard until you get your first damn deal, mm-hmm. get your first damn deal. And it's, it's, it's suddenly everybody gets 10 deals immediately after that. Right. Can we talk about Cody for a second? Sure. Talked about him a little bit earlier. Cody. I spent. I wouldn't say I spent a ridiculous amount of time with Cody and like the DMS, but like Cody was, was struggling at first trying to figure out how to get a property and like he was taking action, but I found that it was like, there was, there was a little bit of a disconnect there. It was like trying to figure out which one, how to go about doing it. Cody gets his first property now, like, holy crap. The floodgates have opened. The gates have, have <laughs> opened. It's crazy. Um, it's it, a, a prime perfect example of like just doing one deal and suddenly the confidence, confidence. just starts flowing in yeah. and he's networking like crazy and he's raising money and he's doing deals i think he's got one two potentially three deals on the go now like it's plus he's working on a joint venture deal out in beaumont it's like he's he's doing tons tons yeah so oh, there's a great guy to connect with you know if you don't want to take my advice on it you know go reach out to cody kelly and ask him you know hey what was it for you that's that's another great you know tip that I can offer today is is find other people who are fearless. You know what I mean? For lack of better words. I, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it's fearless. I think it's willing to face their fears. Yeah. If you don't have fear, you're just gonna do stupid shit. True. Fear I'm, prevents us from being idiots. True. <laughs> uh I was gonna say he something. Just says, I was gonna single say, family flip. Two burrs and a townhouse flip right now. There you go. Damn. He just started not too long ago. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say something inspirational, but in spring I he showed up at our Loyola Did he? open house. That's right. Yeah. Our meetup, I mean. Beast. There was a couple of different directions we were going there and I'm just trying to figure out where to, where to tie it up because it is seven o'clock here. Um, let me just take a quick peek through the comments here. Um, yeah. Okay. So did we talk about next week? I don't no. remember if we did. We oh, I almost forgot. Okay. Um, I was literally going to leave it until right now and I'm going to flip a coin and I flipped a coin and we are, there's going to be no show next week, no live show next week. We're going to take the week off. Um, in order for us to have uh, a nice vacation, 
we it it takes up too much of our day uh planning and prepping and doing the show and releasing the show um for us to do a live show while we're away, away on vacation next week so there will be no live show next week but we will have uh, episodes being released on iTunes, Spotify, whichever, wherever else you listen to your podcast. So we're going to release some of our favorite um, episodes um, next week. So for next week, all you got to do is just go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to your uh, podcast. There will be a new one released every morning. I'll probably release it the night before, and um, that, that way you still got your, you know, your your podcast fix. Um, if you have any questions over the holidays, write them down. Um, you can email them to us at info at reimorningshow.com and we will answer them when we get back. Uh, we're going to be back on 27th, December 27th, which is um, on a Tuesday. So yeah. we won't have a show on Boxing Day. We'll be back on December 27th. Uh, we'll get back to all your guys' questions. Um, that also means that we're not going to see you guys um, before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to say, you know, Merry Christmas to you and your families. Um, I hope that, you know, next week don't, I mean, spend some time with your family and be grateful. I think that's important. Uh, maybe this is a really good, t- I don't know. I don't know what advice I want to give. <laughs> what's what's my advice? Next week, you should be grateful and spend the time with the people that you love and focus the whole week on what it is that you want to achieve in 2023 and write it out on a piece of paper. Or is my advice, don't take next week off, keep pushing, keep um, pushing the boundaries and facing fear and and doing things that make you uncomfortable. Be a lot more like Cody. I don't know. Wayne, here's what I told um, the ladies in my mastermind group as we were action planning for the next two weeks. As I said, be honest with yourselves. What do you want to accomplish before, you know, the year is over? Do you want like, and don't use the holidays as an excuse. Don't use it as a, it's like, oh, well, the holidays are coming. So eh, might as well just like wind down. If you really want something, go fucking get it. And don't use that as an excuse. But if you are really needing some downtime and some family time and you want to start winding her down, there's no shame in that. So I said, just like, take a minute, ask yourself the hard question. You know, did I accomplish what I wanted to? Do I, you know, I still have a couple weeks. What can I go do? Is that important to me? Mm-hmm. If it is, go go fucking get it. Yeah. If it's not and you need to stop and slow down, then stop and slow down. And don't feel guilty about that. But it's a decision that you have to make for yourself. Yeah. I think that's a really great way of putting it. Don't take the easy path. Do the one that's right for you. Um, so I don't wanna I don't wanna offer any I don't want to offer any blanket advice, you know, for everyone. I think that everyone's going down their own path and they have their own goals. So whatever is right for you for next week, I think that's important. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, there will still be podcast release. So don't worry. Like you can still listen to the podcast next week. Just listen to it on iTunes while you're at iTunes. I mean, do me a favor and rate and review the show. Please. Um, it doesn't take very long to do. Just click on the stars and just say, uh, this show's dope, yo. As long as it writes, you write something in the review, that's 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 what matters. Um, helps more people see it, helps more people find it. Um, that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to is to offer free coaching and free advice and free education for people. And the more people who find it, the more people who join your community. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which means more networking for you. And I, I don't I don't wanna this might be a stretch, but um, I've, I've, the, 
also the uh, you know a better world as well right mm -hmm. world peace definitely um <laughs> more people taking control of their life and building something for themselves and not just you know going through school yes. and going to college and going to degree and going to job and working way through job getting gold watch retiring six months later working as a walmart greeter you know what i mean mm -hmm. i want to see more people actually taking control of their life it doesn't have to be real estate it could be anything it could be starting a, a furniture business who gives a shit it could be a consultation business, but just something where you're more in control, where you can spend more time with the people that you love, doing the things that you want, and actually enjoying your life. That's probably a good place to end today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Happy holidays, guys. Uh, we will see you all on the 27th of September. On the 20th, December 27th. You want to take this? Wow. We'll see you guys on the 27th. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.